Okay, our scripture today is in Matthew 1, 4 through 11. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. There the devil tempted him. After 40 days and 40 nights of going without eating, Jesus was hungry. The tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man must not live only on bread. He must also live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city. He had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. It is written, the Lord will command his angels to take good care of you. They will lift you up in their hands. Then you won't trip over a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Finally, the devil took Jesus to, the, to a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. If you bow down and worship me, he said, I will give you all of this. Jesus said to him, get away from me, Satan. It is written, worship the Lord your God. He is the only one you should serve. Then the devil left Jesus. Angels came and took care of him. Late last summer, um, I went for a hike with my kids. And if you don't know, we have a sixth grader, a third grader, and a kindergartner, three little boys. Uh, and Susan was at work. It was a Friday. Fridays are my, uh, my day off. I kind of take that as my, my Sabbath day and my time to spend time with, with family. So I thought uh, a hike in the mountains sounded nice. Um, and so we, we went out. Uh, Friday, we were all prepared. I had the backpack. I had, I think we had four liters of water. With, I mean, we were right. We'd be we, we gone for a while. Um, and we were, we were ready. We went out by um, Union Reservoir, if anyone's gone, gone up that direction. And there's a, a way you can take to hike out to Rock Lake. Uh, so there's a special route you can take. You go past basically three different small lakes. Uh, up, up in the mountains as you go, you see Summit Lake, and then there's Elephant Rock Lake, and then if you hike far enough, uh, which is about the distance a kindergartner can go, who's good at hiking, uh, you can eventually get to Rock Lake. Um, and, and the reason I bring this up is there's a point on the trail, if, if you've been out there, if you've been on any of these trails, there's a point on, on all these trails where you get there, and um, it's like a spider web of other trails, and I don't know why they design it this way, but they all meet right there, and, you, and you're sitting there, and if you don't have your map, you're pretty stuck. Sometimes the signs are okay, but it's like, I don't know, you could see it was like written on the wood, and now it's like worn down to like just be wood, or you know, something like that. And, and uh, we got there, I'm, I'm trying to help the kids navigate some, so we have the map, and we have an app on my phone, and we're able to kind of navigate how we want to go and, and get past this spider web of options, and we ended up taking the correct one and eventually getting to the lake we wanted to go to and, and hiked back, um, and it was, it was fun. It was a good uh, hiking time. I don't know, William, do you remember how long it was? Five hours, maybe? 
You're like, what, with the kindergartner? Like, come on, people. Yeah, you just go get lost in the mountains for a while. Uh, we didn't get lost. That's the whole point of the story. We, we had our map. We had everything. Uh, you go, go venture out. And, and the reason I bring this up is uh, we get to these points in life, I think, that are kind of like the spider web of options kind of points. You're, you're going down the path of life, and you, and you get there, and maybe you're not. Uh, in the mountains, maybe, maybe you are, in a way, in the wilderness, though, whatever's going on in your life, whatever kind of hard things you're going through, and you get to the point, and there's, there's this whole spider web of options. Do I, do I go right? Do I go left? Do I, how do I know? How do I know which way is the right path? And then we get to Scripture, and it can get a little more um, daunting, because we get to, here's Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many will enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. So now if you're not intimidated enough by all the choices, now you realize that that really like small, obscure one that barely looks like a deer path might be the right one, <laughs> right? But, but in life... It's, it's not as simple as when you're up in the mountains because you, you don't necessarily have, like, your, your road map. You don't have your, your new fancy app where you pull it out and it shows your little arrow and it says which way you're facing, depending on how you're doing it. And, and you get to these points in life, and, and how do we know which one to follow? How do we know where to go? How do we find it? Now, Scripture has, uh, I think, a really good answer for us, and, and the answer is, that we need to be following someone. That we need to be following someone as we're on uh, this path. That, it, that we can't just be ruling our own lives and, and little kings and queens of our own lives and get to this and say, I'm just going to make my own decision. I don't need to seek after anyone. And, and Scripture is actually pretty clear on who it is you're supposed to be following. And it's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not, uh, it's not your pastor. You're supposed to be following Jesus. You're supposed to be seeking after him. You follow his path, and if you stay close behind him, if you seek after him, then you find yourself on that narrow path that leads to life. So we're starting this new sermon series. It's going to go all the way uh, up to Easter, and it's called The Jesus Way. The reason being is, is we want to live this life how Jesus lived his life. We want, to, we want to do this the Jesus way, right? We want to seek after him. We want to, when we're in difficult situations, when we find ourselves in hard places, we want to, we want to look at it and be like, uh, what, what is the way that, that puts me closer to Jesus? What's the way that makes me a closer disciple of him? There's this old... Uh, phrase, it goes almost back to the first century world, uh, and it's speaking of disciples with their rabbis. Uh, I think it goes back to about 300 uh, AD, so, so we're almost back to Jesus, and they referred to disciples as ones who were dirty. What does that mean? No. <laughs> the ones who were dirty, the reason being, in their minds, the reason being is because they were following so close behind their teacher and they live in an ancient world. They don't have paved roads, right? Have you ever hiked behind a whole group of people? 
right? You get a little dirty because they're kicking up their dust. So, so that was the whole image is they're ones who are following so close behind their teacher that at the end of the day, they were covered in dust. At the end of the day, they were, they were covered in, in everything that was getting kicked up on the trail, but, but they didn't want to fall behind. They wanted to be right there. They wanted to be the next in line. They wanted to be the closest one. And I just love that image when we think about following Jesus, when we think about seeking after him, is, is how close are you? Are, are you like a mile behind? There's a, there's a pile of dust in the distance, and you can think, oh, maybe Jesus is that direction. It looks like someone walked here before. Or are you so close that, that you're kind of uh, right, in the, right in the cloud that is behind him? So our first week of this series, The Jesus Way, is, is, uh, is the way of the wilderness. That's what I'm calling this week, the way of the wilderness. So that's, that is why Erica read for you this um, this account of, of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, right? And, and Jesus is out there. Uh, he's just been baptized. That's, that's the story that happened right before. Jesus is baptized, and, and God uh, proclaims who he is. A voice comes from heaven. It's this, this mountaintop moment that, that God is doing something really special here. And then immediately, he finds himself in the wilderness, it says he's led out into the wilderness. And that, that seems to be par for the course for things in my life. It's, it's like you're having these, these moments. Sometimes you're even feeling really close to God. And then it's like the next step, all of a sudden you find yourself in this difficult place. And, and as I look at this, the, the wilderness, to me, how I'm kind of going about this, the wilderness is the season of life that feels dry, that feels desolate, that feels... Uh, removed when you're when you find yourself in the wilderness, you often feel like you're alone, like you're lonely. You know, we can sometimes travel through valleys in life, and and we go in and we go out, and that was difficult, but we we just plowed through. We just we just made it through, and we're okay. But the wilderness, I think, is this this season of life, this time of life where you get stuck in the wilderness. You you feel like you're. Like you're alone, like will I, will I ever get out? Is this just where I live now? Maybe you're lost, maybe you're turned around, maybe, maybe you don't know what to do, and no one understands me, and, and no one can possibly know what I'm going through. I think we've all had these moments, but, but you maybe even feel like, like, yeah, I, I want to follow after God, but I feel so spiritually dry that what, what does that even mean? What does it even mean to seek after him right now when you feel desperate and you feel alone? And it makes you vulnerable. When we're out in the wilderness, it, it forces us in a way to uh, kind of reevaluate our life, to kind of to kind of step back from our normal, to look at everything and say, what, what is working, what's not working, what, what, what ways do I continue to live like this? Maybe I'll say it in a different way. So I think when you're in the wilderness, it's, it's the opposite of when you're at home. And here's what I mean. When you're at home, everything's familiar to you. 
right? When you're at home, it's in the best of circumstances. We, we feel comfortable in our own homes, and you can be truly yourself there, and, and there's no pretending. You can let your guard down. You can sink in deep to your comfortable chair that you just love so much. When you're at home, it's like you are truly you. And now when you're in the wilderness, it's the opposite of that. Right? It's the opposite of that feeling. And, and how do we follow Jesus then? What does it look like to live the Jesus life, to seek after him when, when that's where we find ourselves, when that's the circumstances of life? And I'm sure uh, some of you are probably even there right now. Many of you can at least relate to having been there in your own lives. And, and if, if you've never been there, uh, I don't know, good for you, uh, <laughs> uh, it's probably coming, so you might want to prepare, <laughs> uh, because it's, it's part of what it means to be a human, and it's part of what it means to live in this difficult, complicated world that we find ourselves in. We find ourselves in these seasons, and, and we often find ourselves really, unfortunately, unprepared when we get there. We didn't show up with the, the metaphorical four liters of water in the backpack, right? Sometimes we don't even show up with the map. We don't have the compass at all. We certainly didn't download the new app that shows you the little arrow in which way you're facing. And we just end up in this season of life. And, and how do we go forward now? Now what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to follow his direction? Let's go to scripture here and let's see uh, what, what, how Jesus responds when he finds himself in the wilderness. This is Matthew 4. Uh, we'll do 1 through 11. But just the very beginning here, 1 through 3. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yes. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So first, as I mentioned earlier, a little context. Jesus has just been baptized. Uh, he went down to the Jordan River with, with John the Baptist. And, and at that moment, at the moment he was baptized, this, this is the quote uh, from Scripture. It says, At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove and line on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That's a good moment. Right? That is a good, like in your, in your walk, of faith, the sky opens and God speaks uh, words to you. And then the very next moment, he is led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Not an evil spirit, the Spirit of God. Right? He's led out into the wilderness. And he's there for 40 days, and he doesn't eat. And then we are told he's hungry. Yes. And we are told that he is tempted by the devil. Now, the devil here is, it's actually, it's a title, the devil. Uh, it, it means the deceiver, the liar, the one who lies. So he is, he's being tempted by the deceiver out in the wilderness. And, 
and uh, he's probably going to say some lies because that's what he does. And that's what he does in our own lives, especially when we're in the wilderness, right? We start hearing some lies. And this is the lie that the deceiver, that the devil says. He says, if you are the son of God, so first he questions who Jesus is. Jesus just heard from God that he's the son of God. This is like three verses later. If you are the son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. A voice from heaven had just said he was the son of God. And and if that's true, Jesus, if that's true, then why don't you use that ability to just help yourself right now? You have the power. You have the ability to just use use it to, to satisfy yourself. And Jesus replies, and this is really important, he replies by quoting the Old Testament scriptures. He replies by quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. It says this, Jesus answered, It is written, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, he quotes scripture to the devil. Verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command, or he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now here's the most disturbing part. The devil is quoting scripture. The devil is quoting, here's the quote, it's from Psalm 91. Verses 11 through 12, it's pretty clear. This is, this is how it's written in Psalms. It says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answers, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, Scripture, Deuteronomy 6, 16. So the devil quotes Scripture, but he he doesn't do it well. (laughs) Right? He twists Scripture. But but if you don't know Scripture, then you could be really stuck. Because he can even use that and twist it and manipulate it in a way that, that almost convinces you that it's right. He does it right here. He tries to do it to Jesus. Why wouldn't he do it to you? But Jesus Jesus knows the promises of God, so Jesus is able to respond uh, with another call from Scripture, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, another quote from Deuteronomy. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. So I think we miss pretty easily what's going on here. The devil is offering to fast forward Jesus' ministry. So all these kingdoms of the world, this, this is something that Jesus will have. Right? He, he's on the throne. Right? So, so all of this is, is the end of the story, but, but he's going to go through his entire ministry, and he's going to go through um, 
all of this time of, of this painful process of rejection and abandonment and being crucified and then finally being resurrected. And, and the end result is that all these nations will bow down to him. We're told that, again, in Scripture. But here the devil is saying, if you just worship me, I can just fast forward this. Why don't we just get to the end result here? That sounds real nice in the future. Why don't we just skip all this hard stuff? Uh, we, can, we can go past that, and we're just going to fast forward it. And here, verse 10, how does Jesus respond? I'll give you a hint. It's from the Bible. Here's another hint. It's from Deuteronomy again. Maybe we should read more Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6.13 is what Jesus says. Uh, verse 10 here. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and angels came, and they attended him. Remember, that was the first lie. Or the second lie was that the angels were going to save him, right? It happens right away. <laughs> so when we're following this Jesus way, what does it look like to, to follow these footsteps? When we find ourselves in the wilderness, when we find ourselves in these hard places in life, what can we learn uh, from here that will help make sure that we stay on the right path, that we stay in step with him. And I think there's a bunch of things that, that we could tie from. There could be a whole, easily a whole sermon series here. Uh, how long do you guys have today? <laughs> we could just keep going. And, but, but the big one, the main one that, that is here is that living life the Jesus way means living life in partnership with Scripture. It, mean, it means we have to know our Bible. So, so grace and forgiveness, and all, it is a free gift from God. It is beautiful. Uh, God forgives us, but if, but if we are to live seeking after him, following after him, living, living a life on that path that follows him, there's some things we, we kind of have to do as believers. And, and that's not to say that we're going to like earn our salvation. That, that's a different theology that's incorrect, that's not in the Bible. What, what, the, what I'm saying is you're going to make it really hard on yourself if you don't take some of these steps like spending some time in the Bible. If you think, I'm just going to follow Jesus, but, but reading the Bible, studying, even listening to it, going to the Bible app, all this, that's, I don't have time for that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to kind of like follow Jesus uh, some other way. You're going to make it really hard on yourselves. And, and I think when you find yourselves in the wilderness... It's going to be hard if you don't have God's word inside of you. Jesus was not walking around with the Bible when he was out in the wilderness. First, I mean, bound books came about later. He would have had to walk around with clay jars filled with scrolls. That would have been pretty difficult, <laughs> right? Um, and, and they came about not that much later, but Jesus went ahead. So, so how did Jesus know Scripture? How did he have it with him? How was he even meditating on it? He, he goes away often in the Bible, and he meditates on God's Word. 
It's because he knows it. It was a big part of their upbringing was, was you memorized large, large sections of the Bible. And maybe that's for you, maybe that's not for you, but we also have this beautiful gift that time and, and technological advances has given us. Do you know how many Bibles are in the world? It's still a bestseller. The average American Christian has 13 Bibles in their home. And 13 of them are dusty. I mean, I say it as a joke. It's okay to laugh. But, but statistically, that's true. They've done, like, studies on American Christians. And the average American Christian has, I, I'm pretty sure the number's 13. Bible that they have access to. It might be like, well, this one's mine and this one's my spouse's. But, but you still have access to 13. And that's not even saying, like, going online and having every translation you could ever want. But the average American Christian spends less time in God's word than any other generation. And yet, we find ourselves in the wilderness and we find ourselves lost. And sometimes we even think, I mean, sometimes it's tempting to think, like, how did they do it back then? How, how did they go? Like, life wasn't easy. You know, our life is complicated in different ways, but it's not like our, our ancestors, our forefathers, our uh, people who have walked this journey with Jesus before us. It's not that they had easy lives. If you learn much about history at all, the people had really difficult lives. But, but they, they sought after Jesus, and they continued to follow that path. And, and a, a main way they did it was they had their Bible. They continued to seek after him. They continued to look for this Jesus way through the wilderness. How do I follow him? How do I stay on this narrow path? And, and I think it becomes pretty clear that these, these temptations of how to get out of this wilderness quick, that, that a lot of people give into these if they don't know their scripture. And, and please don't get me wrong, this is not a like, I want to shame you into reading the Bible sermon. That that would, that would be counterproductive and it would be ugly and it would just be unnecessary. What this is, 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 is saying there's times in life where we find ourselves in these settings and we are so much more prepared if we have God's word. And not, not just like we carry it with us, but we, like, we know it. We understand it enough. We've, we've been through uh, these texts before. And we can lean on them, and we can rely on them, and there's promises here. And, and we can lean on that and say, God, I, I know that I feel alone, but Scripture tells me that your Holy Spirit is with me. Scripture tells me that I'm not going through this wilderness alone, and, and, and God, I'm going to trust that. God, I'm going to lean on that. And then, and then 15 steps later, we turn around and we look and we're like, yeah, God was with me. I couldn't see it back then, but, but I see it now, and, and we've had those times, I think, in our own lives. Jesus is attacked, and he immediately, in his, in his mind, immediately turns to Scripture. Is this true? Is this not true? How can, I, how can I evaluate it? And he knew it. He knew his Bible. We need to be people of God's word if we're going to make it through this world. 
I mentioned in the beginning, this is, this is not, I don't know, just a plug for a Bible reading plan. But I think it is important as a community that we, that we focus on God's word. So in the foyer, after the service, there is a half sheet. The front kind of explains uh, broad strokes what the Bible reading plan is. The backside you can just keep in your Bible uh, if you want as a bookmark, and it has each day uh, what we're going to read in the New Testament. I've done, uh, since I've started here, um, I think this is the 10th Bible reading plan that I've encouraged you all to go through. Um, If you've been doing it, this part's exciting. If you've been doing it since I started here, some of you are newer than that, but the last three and a half years, You've almost read the New Testament. We're like two books short, and we're going to do them. But not yet. That'll be like the next one. And, and we've read a huge section of the Psalms, and, we, and we've read other parts of Scripture too. And, and the reason being, this isn't just like a good church thing to do. This is because I, I want to help um, from my role, from my, my role uh, in many of your lives, I, I want to help prepare you for what it looks like to follow Jesus in all different times of life. And, and often that means we need, to, we need to be people that get into God's Word. So uh, if that has been you, if you're a little more comfortable uh, with the Bible, I encourage you to take that Bible reading plan. Again, it's a bunch of the smaller uh, books of the Bible. Uh, some of them are one chapter long. Some of them are longer. They're, they're really pithy and really good, and they're really good books. But, but if you haven't read the Bible at all, then, then start with the Gospels. Start, start just with Matthew chapter 1 uh, and read there. If you want a Bible reading plan for that, I have it in my office. I can give you the half sheet. I keep them all. Um, and and we can, you can just go through it that way. Uh, or if you just start reading it yourself, again, just start in Matthew. If, if you kind of know... Jesus, you're, you're a little more comfortable, you know the gospel accounts, you know uh, what's going on there, and you want to learn uh, more about these letters that are sent to the early church uh, in many different cities and many different people, uh, some of which are, are significantly shorter, um, then this plan, this plan is right for you because it, it is pretty uh, fascinating to get there. Small is the gate. And narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few will find it. But you can have it. Only a few will find many, many have it, but don't read it. <laughs> many have it, but but they they like think they can do this Christianity thing without it. Many have access uh, to, to this path, to this narrow gate, but, but they are just on a different path. But you can have it. You can seek after that. It's, it's part of, of what we ourselves can, can do. And when you find yourself in the wilderness, you'll have everything you need. Everything you need to be able to lean on and, and it's not your own understanding, and it's not your own power, but it's, it's how can I lean on my Savior? How can I lean on these words 
uh, that, that speak of a Savior in my life, that I don't need to be the king of my own life, that I can follow after Jesus even in the hard times.